everybody, and uh, welcome back to another Indie Corner Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got an awesome, awesome guest here. She hasn't been on any of my shows before, but she's here today, and I can't wait to talk to Christina Krakowski. How are you doing, Christina? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. I I got that right, right, Krakowski? Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> I I'm I'm really bad with people's last names, and if you listen to the show, I like sometimes I do butcher the names by accident without you know asking <laughs> beforehand. But I was pretty sure that, that no, was you got it. Good. Um. So you know, uh, sort of bring us back to the beginning because you're you're an actress. You're also probably a filmmaker too, right? You you help do, out behind yeah. the scenes. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved in the the like acting and doing all that stuff, even from like probably when you were younger? Yeah, so I am, I would do community plays and school plays as a kid, just kind of like as a hobby. Um, And then whenever I graduated from high school, I actually went briefly to college uh, at the Art Institute for, I wanted to be a comic book designer originally. Um, So I've always, yeah, so I've always been in the creative like field. so I went to college for that originally, and then the school ended up shutting down literally like a couple of months whenever I like was going there. And I kind of took it as a path. I'm like, maybe this isn't exactly where I'm supposed to be because I loved it and, and I really enjoyed it. But I really missed that like hands on creative field. You know, like I was studying graphic design specifically. So it was a lot of work behind a computer. And I was like, oh, I, I really want to just like do something fun and creative. So instead of um, transferring schools or going back to school, I ended up starting to train uh, in Pittsburgh at local um, like workshops and acting classes. And so from there, I, I started my training and it just kind of took off and I loved it. And it, it was really special. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to learn. I got to find out more about this like comic book stuff or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, so did, were you like into comics? I was, yeah, and I still am. Um, Like, I don't follow them, like, as closely as I used to, um, but I was a really big fan of, like, DC and Marvel and would study a lot of them in school. Um, So I actually had come up with comic book, you know, ideas, um, like, in college and even in high school, and I shelved them whenever I had left you know, left the school. Um, but now what I've been doing is I've been revisiting them because I was like, how can I use these? I really love these ideas. And I ended up transferring um, one of them into a television series instead. Uh, so it was basically all there. It was just transferring it from comic book to, you know, pilot. So it's it's been really cool. So, wow, that's that's awesome. So uh, that's like, an is it like a superhero thing or? So, it's like um it's post-apocalyptic and it is kind of along the lines of the walking dead but different um it's more on the artificial intelligence side and i actually i finished writing the whole first season of it and i sent the pilot through festivals and it actually just placed at the new york um international screenplay awards so really good news for it nice yeah so uh, tell me about that because like how does uh, if somebody wants to to do something like that, like wants to like place place those into the film festivals and stuff, mm-hmm. what happens after? Like, do uh, managers contact you, or, or supposedly, or, or what happens? They can. Um, so it really just depends on like what each festival offers. For this one, um, 
they offer all kinds of like really cool prizes of like you get uh, virtual pitches to different executives. Sometimes they email your script or email the you know idea out to different managers or different um, like agents or you know executives. So it can go down a lot of different paths. So the festival route is is really cool to you know start dabbling in. Yeah, I was uh I was playing around with the uh, screencraft. I did uh, I submitted mm-hmm. something to screencraft. It it was um it was an elevator pitch. It didn't work, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't like. I still know it's a good idea. So yeah. uh, it just might not have been what they were looking. I realized too that um the people that they had as judges, a lot of them were in the horror, and that mm-hmm. what I was doing was actually in the comedy, and so that might have been also a thing. You know. It could be. Yeah. That's the thing with festivals is you never know the audience like that you're going to be submitting to or like what they're looking for. But I definitely say, you know, keep trying. That's all you can really do. <laughs> exactly. You never know. Um, exactly. And I'd rather write the whole thing instead of just pitch it, you know, because right. it's more fun when it's already finished and you can just show somebody what you've done. Um. But yeah, so you so you're also a writer too. That's amazing. That's uh, thank you. Really great. Um, which one came first, writing or acting? Oh, man, I I think they kind of came around the same time. Um, I was always very like sensitive about my writing. I was very um, like afraid of criticism when it came to it. So I was very quiet about it for a long time. Um, and a lot of that was just going on in the background. But this is the first year and and the end of last year where I really started expanding on it. So it's been cool. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, uh, have you had a negative reaction from somebody reading one of your scripts? I I haven't actually. Like, you know, in festivals and things like that, you get rejections. And, you know, that's something that you just get anywhere in this industry. But um, so far, everybody I've, like, pitched the idea to or pitched the film, you know, the the concept to um, has really enjoyed it, which has been really motivating. That's good. Um So what was your first project that you acted in? So I did a lot of like student films and and, um, short films and festival work and things like that. But the first like major production that I um, was in was Massacre Academy. And that was directed by Mark Cantu. So how did that come about? So I had competed in um, the 48 Hour Film Festival, which is like a really big uh, festival. competition where you have like 48 hours to make a film mm-hmm. and Mark and I had been talking in the background like occasionally but that was the first time I like I'd met him in person and he had saw my film there and we had been talking a little bit back and forth just within the film community and he ended up asking if I wanted to audition for the role so I had submitted a self-tape for it and ended up getting a call back and then ended up getting hired for it and it was it was the coolest thing because that was my first like feature I was able to complete wow that's awesome um was like so you you did that all of that happened you you were excited like what did you go right into doing it or did it take a little bit of time before you guys were able to to make the movie so i was hired for that um i think it was january of 2020 so we started filming i think it was the following fall was whenever we actually started filming it if i'm not mistaken kind of around october so we had a lot of time to like learn the script and learn the story it was it was definitely something like I wanted to do right away, but the time was nice because I was able to really dive into the role and understand the character um, 
So yeah, it was, it worked out really well. It's so funny because they had, you're saying 2020 and I was like in January, it was like uh, literally yeah. two months right before like things just went hectic and crazy. Yeah. We filmed a lot of it during the pandemic, which made it very interesting for sure. Was it sort of, was it a hard set to kind of do because of the pandemic? You know, actually it wasn't like Mark is very efficient with how he runs his set. So we, the only thing we really had to do was be careful with how many like background extras we had. And sometimes we would have to cheat a scene to make it look like there more, there's more people than what we allowed. Um, but for the most part, everything went very, very smoothly and efficiently and, you know, not as bad as, you know, it could have been given the circumstances. Well, it must've been like difficult because like like COVID guideline kind of things or whatever right. and, yeah. and stuff. So it must've been just sort of like making sure you weren't, you know, you weren't sick, you know, before yeah. coming. It was, know. it was definitely like an added hurdle, but I was really proud with how like we were able to um, get through that. We, we definitely still had to wear masks and, you know, keep as much social distance as we could, but it, it was really great powering through that. That's good. That's good. Um, and has that movie come out and everything or it is um it's in the process uh I, we're working on the distribution side of it but as soon as it comes out you know we'll be blasting that everywhere <laughs> so um real quick i do want to go back to a yeah. little bit before like when you were when you were a kid did you ever mm -hmm. think any of this would be something that you were gonna do i i always wanted it and knew in my heart i wanted to do something this creative. I got bullied a lot as a kid. So I was constantly like put down or told I would never, you know, come even close to accomplishing half the things I've done. Um, so I think like the littler version of myself would be extremely proud of how far we've come so far with everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's cute. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm sure when you were young, you were, you know, being bullied makes you probably a little shyer than, you know, um, whatever. Right. For sure. And it was, it was just really bad. Like, honestly, there were some days I couldn't even go to school because it would be so bad. Um, but you know, knowing that I made it out of there and I was still able to accomplish what I wanted to was great. Like I, I always kept in touch with acting, even whenever I left, I was still doing like creative things like, um, during like middle school and high school, I kind of took a break from it and took a step back. I was still taking classes in school as much as I could for it, but I was really feeling like really intimidated and just insecure about it. But after I graduated, I'd taken a year off from acting completely. And then whenever I rekindled with it, I knew I was like, I'm in the right place. This is exactly what I want to be doing. So when you were in middle school and high school or whatever, and you were mm -hmm. taking that break, um, but before then, was it, did you feel like you were being bullied uh, in the acting world or or was it, you know, just outside of that period? It, it was just kind of kids, you know, just being mean a lot of the times, you know, like middle school and high school, especially now with like the digital age and social media, it can be really tough, um, especially whenever it follows you home. So it was just it wasn't necessarily because of what I wanted to do or just kind of like anything with the creativity it was just kind of a, a thing right yeah yeah that's that's tough because uh 
you never like p- kids don't really realize how mean they can be you oh, know no. when yeah. they're younger and everything how that can actually affect somebody growing up you know um for sure you know i was bullied a lot and mm. so i in middle school you know high school was completely different and mm. i don't know what happened you know like i thought it was going to be worse <laughs> when i was yeah. a kid and maybe that was it maybe just my expectations were you know Already very low. high <laughs> or yeah. it was actually very high and oh, i was high, like oh, yeah <laughs> and i was like i don't i don't know if this is going to be like way worse you know mm-hmm. but it was actually a lot easier so but my middle school years i mean i'm writing a whole movie about my middle school year experiences mm-hmm. how they traumatized me and oh, yeah. um you know and 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 the funny thing is no some people don't even realize Mm-mm. that they don't remember that they did any of this stuff you know because you weren't like a you know and i'm sure you have bullies that you kind of don't remember you know like they're that don't remember right. you or whatever if they saw you you right. know and don't remember what they did to you basically mm-hmm. you know um so it's terrible it's terrible so i'm sorry you went through it too because um I don't know. You seem so sweet. I don't see. I don't see why anyone would ever bully you. You know, it's it's always just been kind of like things happening around me, where you know, just like miscommunication or rumors. Those things can spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. and people never go to the direct source. They just go off of assumptions or go off of you know whatever they want to believe, and it, it's just just kind of that you know circulation. Yeah, and you're saying you you were kind of in the digital age then, you know, for me, it was not. So, mm-hmm. you know, people are just terrible and, you know, normal right. you know, or whatever, regular life. But man, if I had, if I had Facebook and all that stuff back then, geez, I would probably, you yeah. know, it'd be worse. And exactly. so I kind of feel terrible for that, you know, uh, for a lot of people that have to deal with that. For sure. You know? So um, let's. So I'll go back to Massacre Academy, um, mm-hmm. and this is your first big, big role, you know, and you're really excited. Um, how was your character? You know, my character was somebody I could actually relate to a lot because she kind of got put down a lot. Um, she was a little bit timid, especially at the start of the film. Um, she was a college student. And she didn't really know who she was. She knew who she wanted to be. She was having a disconnect of how to get there. So it was definitely not a character that I felt like I I had to like strain to connect with. Um, It it actually felt pretty natural, which really helped going into my first, you know, big role like that. Yeah. And so once you kind of like, do you do anything to prepare as an actor? So I I studied um, Stanislavski and Meissner technique. Um, and I kind of picked pieces from both that work for me and combined them. So I kind of, um, pick and choose what I use. And it also just kind of depends on the role I have, but I, I do have a little bit of a process. Okay. So, okay. I, I want to know this cause I, yeah. I did, I dabble in acting as well and okay. I have a small part coming up and, <laughs> um, you know, and so I'm always interested in learning other people's crafts and everything, especially Meisner. Cause I have that book. Um, uh, Meisner on acting, uh, mm-hmm. wonderful book. But unfortunately, I have a friend who's in LA uh, who I used to roommate with, and she studied Meisner, but she, and Stanislavski. But she said uh, that her bo- uh, her teacher instructor told her just 
disregard the book you know, mm-hmm. for some reason or another. I don't know if there's a, I guess they're teaching you. They don't want you to like already think you know too much or something. Right. Um, I don't know. But anyway, um, I love, I love Meisner. I think Meisner mm-hmm. is a, a fantastic um, teacher and, and whatnot. But uh, how do you take those tools for like a small role? So that's a really great question. Like a lot of the times for me, like if I'm doing a smaller role, there's not always much to go off of, you know? So a lot of it is just kind of filling in the blanks yourself. And that's really great for Meisner because Meisner is all about being in the moment. And so you almost are like embodying this character from scratch. And it, it's, it can sometimes feel like with the body language and stuff like that, it's almost a little bit of improv because you're going off of things that weren't written, um, you know, for you, uh, like in the, in the script. So it can actually be a little bit of fun because you have a little bit of creativity and, and openness to play around um, as long as you know it's within with the director and everyone's looking for so when you're in the role are you like mm-hmm. there in your head like do you think like when you see everybody around you do you think like those are those characters those are this is this world like do you really feel like that I do um, in a sense like I, I almost have to check my brain of like this is really happening you know like this is really where i am right now i'm hearing these lines for the first time i i'm seeing these people you know that's kind of why i really like the process that i work with of like kind of with stanislavski it's all about like diving into the character and and um diving into like what's happening in the story and then with meisner i almost throw all that information out and just trust that my brain knows it and then i'm just i'm in the moment for it and i'm listening i'm being present and it, it almost is like you're telling your brain, this is the first time I'm doing this scene or living in this moment. So, yeah. So you have a scene with, with somebody and like, like in life right now, you're right now, you're, at, you know, you're here with me, you know, we're right. in the moment, but there you also have lines to memorize. You have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to walk this and that becomes so probably so distracting too as an actor. Like when you want to walk over here, but mm-hmm. like the director's like, no, you got to be over here because this is where the camera is, you know, right? right? Set up and everything. But you're, you know your character. Your character's like, why would I go over there? You know, like mm-hmm. this is where my character would go. But you obviously have to listen to where the director is and then kind of force your character to, to do what you have to do in the script. Is that how right. you feel? Um, yeah, so like, luckily for me, the directors I've worked with, I've been able to have really good communication with them. So sometimes they're very flexible and open to hearing like suggestions or like what I'm thinking about the role or the scene. And that's been really helpful because it it really helps um, bring the the reality and the, that extra realness to it of, okay, I get to play around a little bit. I'm not totally confined by the rules. Um, some directors are like that and that's totally fine too. They know what they want. They want it that way and that's how it is. And then that's a fine style as well. But luckily for me, I've, I've been able to have that freedom of like, okay, if I want to try this scene a little different, I'm okay to do so. That's wonderful. Cause yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, you never know. Some, some directors might be like that, but you sound like you'd be flexible to do whatever the director told you even if like you feel different exactly and like even whenever I have a suggestion or something 
or somebody suggests something that they feel like won't match, they'll be like, this is why this won't work. Like they'll explain it, um, which really helps to, uh, you know, really, really see their vision. Exactly. Um, so have you ever gotten a, like, either gotten a script sent to you or an audition for something and you just knew you weren't right for it? And do you still audition or do you just tell them no? It depends. It definitely depends. Because the thing is, if I know I'm not going to be able to bring this to the, you know, the level that they're looking for I'm not going to rob somebody else who would be the perfect fit for that role as well as like, I'm not going to set myself up to fail either. If it's something that's challenging and I'm wanting to take it on, that's a different story versus something that I just don't relate to. Don't enjoy. Like it's just going to be a miserable process all around if it's something I really am not into at all. So I try to make sure that whenever I take on a challenging role or a role that's different, I'm really able to commit to it. So you've had to turn down roles before. I haven't actually had to turn down roles. Like auditions, sometimes like because a lot of the things I do, like I see the um, character descriptions beforehand or I see the synopsis before beforehand. So if I see something and I'm like, oh, that just doesn't seem like the right fit for me, I just won't submit for it. Is there, I mean, do you have anything in mind of like what you don't want kind of to, to be a part of? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's anything specific. Like, I just kind of see it. And then I'm like, either, yes, this is really cool. Or I don't know, maybe this isn't the right fit for me. But nothing like off the top of my head where I'm just like, oh, absolutely not. There's not well, I mean, there's certain things like, you know, um, uh, the R word, you know, like things right. like that can make people feel especially because it's a lot of horror films, you know, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost don't feel like that's even needed these days like i mean it still happens but it's like we we don't right. need to see them like sometimes like i feel like they don't mean maybe they don't mean to do this but they glorify um rape and stuff and and mm -hmm. things like that and we don't really need to see that in our culture you know? right there's there's a time and a place to show it and like talk about it but it doesn't have to be super detailed or drawn out it can be tastefully done to where you're still getting that message across but we do not need to be traumatized through it yeah i mean back yeah. in like what the 70s and 80s they were doing stuff like that just because it mm -hmm. was you know it would get a it would get attention or it would get you know sort right. of right it was shock value shock value but now it's like we've had enough shock value in our life and it happens in way too much in real life that like you know i feel right you know Maybe we don't need to see we don't need to see those movies. I can definitely agree on that for sure. Yeah. Um. So when you're so when you when you uh, audition, do you have a do you have a specific thing for that too? Do you like uh do you have specific things you do for uh before you do it or after or whatever? Um. So it depends if it's in person or not. Like this is my self tape set up right here where I do my interviews from. So I literally do them right here in my apartment. Um, but if it's in person, like sometimes I'll try to, cause I struggle with anxiety. So I try to make sure that I'm like allowing myself to breathe, you know, not stressing myself out too much. Um, and, and just trying to like keep my cool through them. Um, so sometimes I'll just like listen to music or, you know, go over if it's a cold reading, you know, the lines or if it's a monologue, but I don't have like an intensive process for 
auditioning. You sort of do it. Um, yeah. When's the when's the best time for you to audition? Um, do you mean like time of day or time like of day time or of night? Year? Or, you know. Yeah. So I think sometimes I like to audition in the mornings just to get it over with and just so it's done and I'm not worrying about it all day of like oh I gotta go to the audition gotta go to the audition. So I'm somebody who likes to try to audition earlier than later, but some people like it the opposite. Yeah, and sometimes. you don't have control of that, especially if it's an Oh, in-person, yeah. you know, you, you do it whenever. So if it's a self-tape, you Mm -hmm. like, It's a little different. you know, with your background, you can choose, pick and choose. But um, Yeah. that's wonderful because that's actually smart to do it in the morning. Um, and then you can just go on about your day. But uh, are you ever like too tired and you're just like, yeah, I'll just do it later. Oh, no. <laughs> like When it comes to auditioning, like, sometimes I feel that way. I'm like, oh, man, like, do I really want to go do, I've done, like, 10, like, a few in a row or whatever. Or, you know, if I've had like a really strange day of work or something, I'm like, do I really want to do this? But I remind myself, I'm like, I moved here for this. Like, this is what I want to do. And this is just the process. And sometimes you might not be feeling your 100%. But, you know, showbiz must go on. <laughs> And you, you actually are in like an area where there's a lot of activity for, for film. So, yeah, I just moved to Atlanta three weeks ago. So I, I Congratulations. yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's been a long time coming. I've been trying for four years to get down here. Um, but the pandemic hit and then I shot two feature films. So it was just, it was good and bad reasonings that, you know, so yeah. What made you choose Atlanta <laughs> over like L.A.? so funny story about that, actually. Um, so I was a huge fan of The Walking Dead. Hence, you know, the comics and the shows and everything I like. So I used to go to conventions for them all the time. I ended up meeting Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan in The Walking Dead, Nice. based on Grey's Anatomy and Supernatural. Supernatural, Um, he's the father, you know? uh -huh. So I met him when I was still an acting student. And I'd asked him, like, hey, is there any advice? Like, I, I, I just am curious. And so he told me to move to Atlanta. He said, there's a lot of film work here. It's not L.A., so it's not super expensive and oversaturated. And he said, you know, New York's kind of tough. He was like, come here. And so I did. I, uh, you know, it's funny because you were saying the, the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead it was filmed in Atlanta, you know, Mm-hmm. and <laughs> everything. So um, and that's that's probably like if you're really that big of a fan, it might be like your Graceland, you know, like it might be the area you like to go to. L.A. is my Graceland. And so when I moved out there in 2020, greatest time to to move somewhere, um, I ended up going there because, you know, those were, you know, there, there were. areas in there that i i just wanted to be able to drive to like the karate kid you know apartments and stuff Right. and, and everything and i just don't really think there was nothing in atlanta that i wanted you know like it didn't have that feeling that i you know um that la had for me now Mm hmm that's wonderful that for you uh because a lot of people have been talking talking to me about going to atlanta and some people have moved down there uh And everything. Um, I'm just afraid it's going to get become like what was in L.A. where it was oversaturated in L.A. And then so everybody mm hmm. moved to Atlanta. And now I feel like it's going to get oversaturated It's going to get oversaturated in L.A. in Atlanta, so everyone's going to move. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. They're going And to that, move to, that's to New York or somewhere somewhere else. else. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely a concern. But I don't know. I, I just wanted to try it out. I had vacation here a couple of times before, and I really like the energy. Um, so I was like, you know what? 
what do I got to lose at this point? And have you booked a lot of work since then yet? I mean, I guess you just moved, so, you know. So I actually, I booked a few projects back in Pittsburgh, which is kind of funny because I came down here and then, so I'll be going back up there. Um, and I'm in talks of doing a few projects, but something else I, I just got involved in, which I wasn't expecting to, but I'm not disappointed, is um, print modeling. So I came down here for acting and ended up getting booked for a bunch of like print modeling jobs and, and things like that. So it's been very, very exciting um, trying a different side of the industry. Yeah, so that's that is different too because Yeah. you have to have like there's certain things you have to know in that business and everything that I don't even know because I'm not in that Yeah. industry. So that's wonderful. So do you have somebody teaching you how to do that or are you just kind of going in there and doing it? <laughs> so I um I actually competed in pageants as a teenager um a few times and so it's very similar to print modeling and like to the modeling industry. So I learned the basics while I was doing that. It's just now getting back in touch with that because I was rather young um, whenever I was doing it. So it's, it's been a few years, but it, it hasn't been a complete stretch to where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, So it's so, been good. so you sort of have a, some experience where, well, that's good, because then, you know, you're not a total newbie for that. And No, yeah. yeah, so you'll be able to go out there and uh, I don't know, man, are you able to just like strike poses? Like, do you do you know all that stuff? Right. I do um, like some things it, it's it's definitely different from being like acting in front of a camera but you kind of adjust as needed and it, it's fun in its own ways for sure I've heard like some people treat it like acting, you know, because in both you, you have to be sort of, um, you have to have your posture, right. You have to have mm-hmm mm -hmm. a certain, you know, um, and a lot of times actors have to pose and do, you know, pictures and everything for behind the scenes stuff or, you know, promotion and everything. So it's almost like you model all the time anyway. So Right. it's gotta Exactly. be pretty easy. for you. Yeah, they're both about engaging an audience, you know, so that's kind of what it's all about. And so it wasn't it wasn't too hard of a stretch to try it. Well, it's good because then, you know, you've got your, you know, you've got your acting going, you got your writing going, and then you got your print model job going. You're not going to need a survivor job or anything, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got everything just you know, happening all at once and uh and right when you move too. So that's wonderful. Yeah, it's definitely worked out because we we had um, our premiere for uh, Wolfalo, which was the second feature that I just started um, as as the final goal for. And that was a week before I moved. So I had the premiere and then I moved a week later and then everything just kind of um, started unpacking itself basically in, in really great ways. Like, you know, Wolfalo just got signed for distribution. So that's really cool. And then getting all these print modeling jobs and then getting... projects back in Pittsburgh. It, it's been a really awesome, awesome wave I'm writing right now with things. Yeah, I uh, I actually just had Spencer on here, uh, Spencer Oh, cool. Madison. Yeah, and uh, and we we're talking about the bobbleheads, you know, and everything. Oh, yeah. That's that's insane. Do <laughs> you, or do you have your own bobblehead? yeah, the little pump, uh, Pop Funko doll things that, Yeah. that everybody collects. I loved it. Um, I, I do have mine. I brought it down here with me. It's It's over on my stand. Yeah. That's so cute. Um, I love that because, like, that's that's really neat that they made those. 
and asked her, and I guess she didn't know, but I'm, I'm guessing you might not know the answer too, but are they actually selling those or they just, is it just for the casting I crew? No, yeah, I have no idea. Um, I know they were made for like the promotional event of the uh, premiere, but I'm not sure with anything after that, to be honest with you. That would be cool. Like, mm -hmm. you know, go to like Target and see your own like bobblehead <laughs> there, you know? Right. That would be insane, but it's awesome, you know. It like, is, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a wonderful life that you get to live right now because you're kind of you're like on that rush, you know, and everything. Right. Yeah, and it, it it took a lot of hard work to get here. I did not start anywhere close to here, so um, being able to like be doing these jobs and getting booked for this work, I, I'm very very grateful for it. Do you think that a lot of actors, like, period, they think, like, oh, I'm going to be famous, and it's going to be, like, I'm going to be in one or two projects, and then I, do you think, or at least some actors think that way? They might, yeah. Um, I know that's definitely crossed my mind of, like, oh, you know, this might be it. You never know. Like, sometimes you get those fleeting thoughts, but you just have to remind yourself, like, the effort that you put in is what you're going to end up getting out of it. So if you're really striving for it and you really believe in yourself and you are going at it every single day, it's a really, really tough industry, but you never know where it's going to take you. Like ideally it's going to take you as far as you want it to go. And sometimes that doesn't happen realistically, but if you know you're putting in the effort, hopefully there's a very good chance for you that you would get that payoff. That's a really good point. So the, you know, when we, we can go back to uh, us talking about like preparing for the role mm -hmm. and doing that stuff and making sure, you know, you're exactly the character that you want to be, you know, then you go out and you, you do it, you mm -hmm. give your 100%, you know, that's you giving it 100%, no matter what happens, that's not, you're not in control of that after that, you know, mm -hmm. like whether or not the movie gets picked up for a good distribution or, you know, whatever. You're not in control. You're in control of you doing your best job, and hopefully people will see that, you know? Right. Um, have you ever, has there ever been a day that you acted in something you're like, oh, man, that, that I, I blew that line, or I didn't do that well? Oh, I'm sure. Especially, like, for me, auditions have always been, like, kind of tough, so I've definitely bobbed a few auditions in my days. Usually for set, like, Sometimes I have days where I'm like, oh, maybe I wasn't feeling it 100% today, but I really do strive like every time I'm on set to be as prepared as possible because I remind myself, I'm like, this isn't just for me. Like I'm creating a writer's vision, a director's vision and, you know, something for an audience. So I always try to be as like on point as I can. Um, but sometimes you just have days where you're just not feeling well, you're just not there. So, you know, it happens. What what are like the the days like? I mean, like most shoots are they night shoots or day shoots, or both? Depends on the it depends on the film. For Wolf Hollow, we had a lot of night shoots, or we would have to cheat the night shoots. Um, so it was mainly during the night, but occasionally, like we had a few days where we had to have daytime. Which one would you prefer, nighttime shoot or daytime shoot? I don't know. Um, it really just depends, like. I know for Wolf Hollow, I preferred the night shoots because it wasn't as hot and warm because um, we shot in July and, and June, like over the <laughs> summer. So <laughs> that definitely made it easier. Yeah. And you shot that in Pittsburgh or so? Or? We did. Yeah. We shot that in um, in Pittsburgh, north for sales at uh, the Haunted Hayride. Majority of it was there. 
Nice. So, um, and can you tell us like anything about your character? Like, was it was it crazy to play, uh, to play your character? Yes, um, I absolutely loved the character. I played Alex Ramiro, and she was a producer. So it was almost like a film in a, in a, in a movie because it was a group of moviegoers going out to the woods to um, explore and do a location scout. And, you know, they didn't under, like they didn't know that there were werewolves around. Um, so I played Alex and Alex. Like, who was, knows when there's werewolves like, who around? Who knows, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so. I played Alex and she was like the polar complete opposite of what I had played for Massacre Academy. So it was really nice to be able to do something different um, and, and opposite and stretch my like, you know, range as an actor. So there was a lot of like stunt work and there was a lot of like special effects and, and, and makeup and things like that. So it was it was a lot, but I loved it. I loved every second of it. Were you like... So did you have to like audition again, even though you had worked with Mark before? I did not. Um, I did not have for this role. Mark had seen a little bit of my, you know, skills for Massacre Academy and saw my range. And he really just had a vision for this film. And I just happened to fit it this time around. That's good. You yeah. know, it's, it's nice when you work with somebody and they want to they want to bring you back, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it could be worse. It could be like, you know, they're like, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they didn't really work out the last time, you know, or exactly. whatever. But it's like a, it becomes like a family, right? Right. It definitely does, for sure. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I've i been, yeah, I've been dying to see Massacre Academy. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I asked if it had been out, because I don't remember seeing yeah. it on Tubi or anything yet. And uh I know Wolf Hollow just had its premiere, so I'm guessing that's going to go into distribution too. So it's going to have like two films coming out like back to back. That's yeah, for sure. It's going to be really cool. I I know Wolf Hollow is supposed to be like projected in August, is what we're thinking. Um, but we'll definitely have more updates on that soon. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you work you work with somebody you work again are you guys planning something else and all do you know or i don't you know can't if i say, can say probably. i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure um there is definitely a feature for more projects with mark and i definitely i'm known to say things i'm not supposed to say <laughs> in interviews sometimes occasionally i've gotten so much better um so i i'm not sure um but i i can definitely say that it is not the last of of me working with him um what was the what's the guy who plays hulk um mark uh, uh ruffalo ruffalo so you know female mark ruffalo because mark ruffalo yeah oh. tom holland yeah <laughs> tom does say random stuff doesn't he, he says, like gets yeah. himself in trouble All the um because well i mean disney and mcu are very <laughs> they're mm -hmm. very like you know uh is that is that something you strive for do you like do you want to hope to like be in a MCU movie someday or something. That would be really incredible. I would be totally honored to be on a part of any kind of like big franchise for sure. MCU, like I think Marvel has a headquarters in Atlanta. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've been by there or so, or at least uh, know where uh, yeah, it's at. I have, I have. <laughs> you know, just be like, just be walking by, you know, maybe you bump into Kevin Foggy, oh, you know. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Well, you can't be like you can't be like cast me because you know no. like that's just rude.
but That's true. you know, you, <clears throat> I remember I was in, uh, when I was in LA, uh, the first time ever, like I had went to go visit it just to see if I would enjoy being there. And I was in an Uber and there was this woman just walking her dog. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like this little teeny tiny dog. And it was this like woman completely full make makeup and, you know, like model looking and she was walking by and this guy's like, yeah, as an actress. And I go, okay, how do you, how do you know? Right. Yeah. Like, because she's walking by all three of the studios with mm -hmm. her dog and full makeup. And I guarantee you, she's <laughs> sure looking it wasn't at you. Me? No, I'm just kidding. What? I said, are you sure it wasn't me? No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it wasn't you, but notes. I mean, were you out there in 2020? Uh, I was not, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to be, are you going to be walking by your dog with, with your dog up to, you know. Taking um, notes over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Note number one, buy a dog. Um, yes, get, get a dog. Get a dog, start walking around. Um, But like, that was like literally what people did in LA. And I was like, wait, what? Like they just walk around and hope that somebody comes up and goes, you look like you're perfect for this part, you know? And that's what they did. And yeah. I thought that was crazy. Like, I mean, I don't think that's how you break into the business necessarily. Unless that's is. the luckiest way to get in. Right. I mean, she was attractive. That's all I can say. She was like some, right. you know, model, blonde model, but like still like, I was just like, you know, that's to me, that's weird. <laughs> you know, like, right. I thought it took like hard work and everything. You it know, definitely does. Yeah. yeah. But uh, some it, people get lucky, I guess. So, you know, you never know. But yeah, I, I, I would say the odds are slim on that one. Well, people are doing like TikTok now and getting famous mm -hmm. and everything. Um, what do you think about that? You know, I, I think it's great that we have so many different ways to show creativity now and different, you know, doors opening up to um, be able to, you know, just show talents. Um, I, I think it is kind of tough, though, for working actors whenever it's becoming now of like how many followers you have versus how many years of experience you have. Um, you definitely see a lot of these TikToker influencers getting roles when chances are they might not have ever even walked into an acting class before. So it, it can definitely be a bit of a challenge. Um, and I could see it having potential of, of uh, you know, losing work for working actors who, who are really are striving for this. But, you know, it, it's tough. It's definitely tough. Well, here's what I what I think might happen, um, because if they really do that, like they look for a TikToker who has a billion, you know, uh, followers, as opposed to somebody who's got less followers, but mm -hmm. is actually a better actor, um, they're going to cast the the TikToker, and then the the movie's going to fail, well, yeah. you know, because of the acting is terrible, you know, and mm -hmm. and I've seen this too. I've seen some YouTubers that like they get their chance to go act, uh, but they've never acted. They've done like little skits or something, you know, right. And, and the movies don't do very well. And it's because they're they're hoping that all billion followers watch the movie. And right. that's not going to happen necessarily. No, there's no guarantee. Right. And they're going to look at they're going to look at the trailer and go, oh, he's a great TikToker, but I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. So it, it can definitely go in so many different directions. But have, or do you have your own TikTok? 
I do. Yeah, I do. I, I started it just kind of casual and then it blew up a little bit. So I do stream frequently and, and I try to teach actually like not teach, but like guide people who are entering the industry. Like I do a lot of like live Q and A's and answer questions on there about the industry. So it's been cool. Cause I I've been able to meet a lot of awesome people who are chasing the same dreams. So. Well, yeah. Back in the day, people used to call that competition and everything. Right. And now it's just like, it's a community, you know, which I think is yeah. fantastic. Um, and I think also a little bit of that is the internet, you know, mm -hmm. um, now you talked about earlier how you got bullied on like you know d the digital you know uh world and everything right. and now you're on facebook you know and stuff and all this stuff and your career is you know going well so right. do you think like social media is is really good for the arts or do you think it can be detrimental i think it's a mix um for me i've definitely built tougher skin than i had when i was younger and I think that it has its benefits, but it still has a long way to go before it's considered a safe or healthy place to be on. Um, and it probably will never get there, unfortunately. But it still is like if you can overlook ignorance and you can overlook, you know, what people are saying, it can be a really great place to just find the ones who matter and, and whose opinions will you know benefit you and well it's also very good networking you know period. exactly that too exactly it's great for networking as well yeah so you look up like i i think i mean i found you through networking mm -hmm. you know or right. whatever exactly and, yeah so you find somebody you go oh man that would be cool to, i'd love to work with her i'd love to for me it was like i'd love to interview you um yeah. i'd love to work with you too but I, <laughs> like, i'm not really doing anything right now um but like that's the thing you go and say you know oh man it'd be awesome to you know to chat with this person and then you do and then you become you know probably friends or whatever and then hopefully work with the person you know exactly like, at it's least get the audition you know um do you view like some auditions as like this might be my only chance with this person i i don't I don't, um, because I've kind of learned at this point that no just means not today. That doesn't mean they're not going to bring me back in six months for a different role, which might fit me a lot better. So I try not to view it in a negative light. It can be really tough. It can be super tough to not take these things personal. But to be an actor, you have to learn that, that rejection um, because it, it is going to happen, whether you're just starting out or whether you're Tom Hanks, you know, you're going to deal with rejection somewhere along the line. And are you really good with constructive criticism? I've definitely grown like to to be more accepting of it for sure. Um, because that's the thing is they're not giving it to bring you down. And if they are, they're not giving it to you properly because constructive criticism is to only help you grow. Mm -hmm. No, and I totally agree. I think, um, and, you know, we've got, we've got letterboxed where people can review the films and sometimes... Mm -hmm those people should not be reviewing films no, because no. they're just, just nasty people um, yeah. out there. Um, I, I don't know if you were, you know, if you had um, like even known about this back in the day, but they used to have on IMDB, they used to have forums, you know, oh, and stuff. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was where it was just, cause that was pre like Facebook. So it, 
um, or at least Facebook being, um, you know, acceptable for everybody. Because back then in like, I think 2005 or whatever, when it was, uh, there was, uh, they would have these forums and they would, people would say just the nastiest things about anybody that they wanted to say. Like, Mm. and it was anonymous, you know, they could put whatever name they wanted and it didn't matter. And I, there was, there's even another app thing that's on like Twitter where people just anonymous, anonymously send people questions or, or comments or something. I'm just like, this is just not a good idea, you know, because like anybody can say it and then they can get away with whatever they want to say, which I mean, if you're, you know, like, it's just rude, you know? Yeah, it's not exactly. Fun. So, um, and I like, I, I do reviews, you know, of, of films and everything. And when we do it, we have a stinkometer, which mm-hmm. sounds terrible. But it's like, you know, we rate it from one being good to 10 being stinky, a bad film. We like bad films. So, you know, some people kind of view it negatively and i'm like no we enjoy these things you know like we're having fun so whenever we're doing that we're not trying to be mean you know but we are we are stating our opinions and stating and we're backing them up and a lot of people don't understand that sort of thing they've and i i sort of view it as constructive criticism but some people don't uh you know people in this industry some people are not as thick-skinned as uh you seem to be yeah um how did you get that thick skin definitely through the bullying and through a lot of um hard times i've had to go through in life um it it still does like depending on different things it depends like things do sometimes get to me but it's about picking and choosing your battles with it honestly um but actually like acting as well like being on set being in projects seeing everything around you happening like you start to realize a lot of the times it's nothing personal and just because one person says something mean like that doesn't mean somebody else is gonna have the same opinion exactly um so okay so i want to know um you know you have these uh uh these roles that you've done like what what is your dream role what is the role that you wish you could have that's a really good question so for me my favorite genre is sci-fi Um, But I also really like action. So I I would have to say, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, I would love a reoccurring role in some kind of a franchise, whether that's television or film, you know, just just a character where I can just really dive in and explore and and see their full arc all the way through. Like doing movies is amazing. And I love it. You know, that's why I do this. But being able to come back as your character multiple times, you see a different arc than you see in just an 80 minute film you know so so it's really cool to be able to know this character for an extended amount of time that's amazing like yeah because i uh i work on projects and uh a lot of times a lot of my scripts i bring back a lot of the same characters back again Mm -hmm. and then i've had this thing where i've like doppelgangers where Mm. uh the care and i say like this this world that i've created has doppelgangers in them so that and if i do kill an actor a character off i don't have to kill the actor off 
totally where I can I can bring back their doppelganger for another Right, movie or twin, something yeah. and and say that they're that's you know, but then the only problem is then you have to explain it in every movie. So somebody who's just watching one movie might not, you know, get that See or the whatever. correlation, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you worked on a script that you're Mm -hmm. the pilot, and you actually did you say you did the whole season? I did, yeah. I, I was gonna stop at the pilot, but I was just so passionate about it that I finished writing it all and How many pages per script? It's written to be a full 44 minute series or for 40 minute episode. Um, So there's about between like 35 and 50 pages per script, which is insane. (laughs) And how many scripts did you write? Six episodes. Okay, six. Okay, I was going to say like 10 or 20. (laughs) Right. No, I started with six. um, And then I did outline season two, which probably would be about 12 episodes. It would probably double. But it actually makes sense because a lot of shows, they only do uh, about um, uh, six episodes to start with. And then to test it out. Mm -hmm. Then it expands. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if it's a property that, that they're not, then the world's not familiar with, you know, or whatever. So they have no idea. If you know, um, uh, I, I'm I'm wishing you the best of luck with that one because um, the the TV series are wonderful and uh, and they are a way for the world to sort of see a universe continue and continue. Like you said, a franchise like that could mm-hmm. be a your story could be a franchise that continues and maybe grows and. does a movie or something someday and, Exactly. and all that stuff Yeah. or has spawns books, you know, like that you have, you, you know, you're not writing, somebody else is writing them. Like Right. that would be insane to me. Like that's, that's fun to like imagine, It you is know? absolutely. So um, what is your, uh, what's like, what's the, what is something that you want to like tell, um, you know, other uh, actors out there that like, if they're just starting out. Um, my biggest advice that I always tell everyone is to get into an acting class. And it's not even just to start to understand like the different methods and find one that like works for you. It's also to help with your networking. You need to know somebody to start with. And the best people to know are people who are also chasing the same things. So your fellow classmates, as well as your teacher who can, you know, hopefully get you on the right path of where you need to be headed. So I always tell them to get into an acting class and Just just start small. You know, people go into it and they're like, I need to go for the lead role in everything. Start with some background work, some student films, and then and just work your way up. Yeah, I, I totally agree because, uh, yeah, a lot of people want to be the lead, but some people would just rather be a supporting star anyway, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, or that's true. I enjoy being the background extra in some Lifetime It can movies. be fun. Yeah. Yeah, just just basically just sit on my butt and wait for them to call me to sit on my butt, maybe, you know, like or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get paid. Yeah, I, I just watched one of them um, that I was in. And uh, I was waiting for, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot, like, because I'd done two scenes. And I forgot I had done one of the restaurants. And unfortunately, you see, like, my elbow. <laughs> and I was like, dang. But I was like, but you, then the other scene, you see me. So I'm like, all right, all right, that's fine. But There you you see are, my yeah. elbow. And then they actually credited me at the end. Oh, wow. I've never gotten credited for being an extra. 
like that's, usually. Yeah, that's really rare sometimes, you know. That's cool that you got that. Yeah, so it was nice. It was it was a kind of a cool like I was I was just like cuz me and my former roommate were like uh or I watched it and then I I sent her those clips and stuff. So from it's like That's weird. So cool. I I never knew like people did that, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like, must be a lifetime thing. I don't know. Maybe they just Maybe. help everybody out cuz they, you know, um I don't know. But it was nice. Um yeah. so have you done background too or I, I did a couple projects whenever I was first starting acting because it's a really good way to learn set etiquette and learn like how a set is run um, so that you have the expectations set for you. So for when you are the supporting role or the lead role, um, you know what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. Um, do you have any projects coming up? I do. Um, so here in the next few weeks, I'm going back to Pittsburgh to film a, um, a short film. It's called uh, What Scares You, and it is a um, really cool, like, psychological thriller. It's with um, Jason Burke, who is a really good friend of mine, and the, the, I play a, a character named Carrington, and she is going through a lot of emotional baggage. Um, she's got a lot of layers to her, and I'm very excited to get to dive in and explore this a little bit farther. Um, so it, it's going to be a really cool project. That's awesome. Like, I love yeah. that. Like, I love that you're out there still doing short films because some people are like, oh, I'm doing features now. Don't need to do shorts. And I, I feel like it should be every, uh, you know, should do everything, you know, if you can, you know. Exactly. I, I am always open to finding different projects and, and working on all kinds of them because for me, it's just all about staying busy keeping, you know, keeping sharp with the skills and, and bringing these visions to life. It, it's so cool, whether it's a short or a feature, like if it's a cool concept, I want to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have like a reel that people can see? I do. It's, um, I have to work on it a little bit more. And um, I'm just waiting for some of these films to come out so I can publicly display the reel. Uh, but it's, it's definitely going to have a lot of awesome clips in it whenever it's done. That's awesome. I love that. Like that's, uh, uh, did you, were, did you do that yourself or are you having somebody else like editing it? Um, I, I sometimes have people help. Um, I might give it a go and try it myself, but if I can't figure it out, I'll have somebody else do it. I, uh, I use an editing software for a lot of these, like even these videos and stuff called splice. Um, yeah. it, it costs like five bucks a month or whatever, but it's like, I mean, five bucks a month, to to have an editing software on my yeah. phone is not is that that's that's a pretty good price to pay um but uh yeah it's it's a wonderful like tool to be able to just cut things and i've made my reels and stuff through that and and whatnot so i recommend it if you don't already have like a oh, cool. it's yeah. editing uh system or whatever um and uh is there anything else going on is there uh anything else you'd like to talk about um, I'm not sure. Other than the, the um, short film coming up, that's kind of my next big thing. Um, I'm going to be going to a convention in Pittsburgh for Three Rivers Con um, to promote Wolf Hollow. I know that's going on. And um, just a lot of like print modeling jobs. I've been working with a really awesome photographer named Dan O'Connell, and we've been making some really cool things. So, yeah. Nice. Are you going to have your own table at the convention? Um, so I 
I don't know how the setup is going to be, actually. Um, I'm just going back and I'm coming into town to support it and be there and, and just really help push it. But Mark, Mark's the one in charge of all of that. So I just kind of find out later. How you just show is. up and sign autographs. I just show up. Yeah. You know, and when people want autographs, you're like, OK, I'll, you know, right. that'll be 20 bucks, you know. Uh, yeah. right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um. That that's that's the funny thing is like when to bring back the Walking Dead is like yeah. I would go to these conventions and I would see some people with like that was like a zombie in one episode or something and they'll like trying want, to sign autographs. Yeah, and they want twenty bucks or something, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, mm. no, thank you. I'll, yeah, you know, uh, it's nice to meet you, but I'm gonna go over here, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Because it's just to me, it's like. I don't know. I'm very stingy with my money at these conventions because, you know. I know. They can be expensive. They definitely add up. I've gone to my fair share of conventions, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But, I mean, it's cool that they accomplished what they did to get there, but I definitely know what you're talking about for sure. Yeah. Some people I know won't even, like, put it on their resume that they were, like, a walker in The Walking Dead, you know, yeah, just because you know. it's – you know, it's it's background, it's whatever, and so it's a notable show, but like the role, you know. Yeah, you kind of want a at least a a part, you know. Like, I, except there was the girl that played like the first zombie, like the little girl yes. zombie. I forget I her, her name, Addie mm-hmm. Miller, and I met her and uh, my buddy, uh, one I'm doing the movie with. Um, he, he, you know, he directed her back in the days. Oh, wow. I met her. I've met her mom, like. The, sweet people you know they're all she's all grown up now like she's not yeah. a little girl anymore no. <laughs> you know so it's just weird to like go, oh crap they're like in their 20s like, yeah time is either really being mean to us or something you know <laughs> that show's been on the air for a while i think it was, it was. yeah i was um i was about her age whenever it came out so i wanted to start watching it then but i just i couldn't keep track you know because i was younger in episodes but i i started watching it in high school like religiously right and that's that's cool that you became like a walking deaf i kind of get into the show i i tried i got up to the governor stuff and i was like just can't do it (laughs) yeah it's not for everybody you know but it it definitely has a lot of like cool aspects to it for sure yeah and i like i like the uh the family dynamic of it like you know it does Mm -hmm. feel sort of family-like and uh whatnot and i love um I think it was, was it, uh, who played, uh, was it Steven Yoon? Was he in that movie? Played Glenn. Glenn, yes. The guy who played Glenn. I, yeah. I loved him, you know. Oh, yeah, he's great. So he's been doing really well for himself, too, so. Yeah, I've been seeing that, and then he deserves it for sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much. Like, this was wonderful. Um, How can people, like, reach out to you? So um, I have a Instagram, which is just at Christina Krakowski and the same with my TikTok. So it's easy. They're both the same. Um, As well as uh, if you want to keep up with my projects, I'm also on IMDb as well. And I tend to make sure that's updated as well. So yeah. Uh, Can't wait for you to get your own like official website and it's got all the movies Uh, listed. (laughs) All that and contact it, you know, like all that stuff. Like, I think that would be really, really cool. Like, uh yeah you, you gotta you gotta register christina krakowski.com like make sure that it's on uh, its way <laughs> <laughs> uh 
All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everybody else, uh, thank you guys for listening and hope you guys enjoyed this uh, and uh, check her stuff out. Check out uh, Massacre Academy is on uh, the trailers online, right? Yes. The trailer for Massacre Academy and Wolf Hollow are both online. There you go. So go check out that. And hopefully those will be out pretty soon. So you guys can, you know, watch those maybe, you know, maybe uh, later in the fall. You know, that would be perfect yeah. timing for those kind of movies. So um, thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you all for checking this out and have a good one. Bye. Thank you.